Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Phoenix, Arizona, it's time for Phoenix Business Radio, spotlighting the city's best businesses and the people who lead them. Good afternoon and welcome to Collaborative Connections Radio Show and Podcast sponsored by KLM. I'm your host, Kelly Lorenzen, and we are live in Tempe, Arizona, inside the Phoenix Business Radio X studio. And I have three amazing guests that I cannot wait to introduce you to today. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome our first guest, Cameron Harmon. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Tell me a little bit about you and your business. So I am the co-owner, co-founder of Workhorse Digital Solutions. We are a lead generation agency, started up right smack dab during the uh, the pandemic because, you know, why not start a business during a, <laughs> a difficult trying time? And our main focus is helping local service-based type businesses grow and, and scale their businesses. We found that a lot of these businesses might struggle with their marketing and we value this opportunity to be able to help these businesses to grow because these are, you know, this is the backbone of our society, the backbone of our economy. And I, for one, firmly believe in the American dream still and that idea of building a better life. And people come here and they start these businesses. And it's pretty discouraging to hear the statistics. And people are afraid to jump into the entrepreneurial journey because it is difficult. It is challenging. And we're trying our best to make that easy for them because you can succeed. These businesses have incredible skill sets and abilities to offer to the market, and we want to help them succeed. And so you do that with? So I have a business partner, Grayson Allen. He is fantastic. And uh, it was this was all his idea. He's been dragging me along behind him, too. He's the, <laughs> uh, he's the charismatic extrovert. I'm the introvert. So... Shout out to Grayson. He's fantastic. That's right. And you guys do Google ads for small businesses and local businesses and systems so that they can grow. Right. We found that being a a digital marketing agency, instead of being your typical one-stop shop where you do everything, you do the web development, web design, you do SEO, you do Facebook ads, YouTube ads, LinkedIn ads, down the list of all the different ads, we decided instead to just Focus on doing one thing and doing one thing really, really well. And by doing that, we can offer our clients the best possible service for them. They really are making huge strides in being able to help these businesses grow and improve just through this one channel. And then they see success and that opens them up to being able to expand on their marketing. And we form incredible partnerships with other agencies that specialize in whatever they do. So if they specialize in Facebook ads. We partner with them, and when our clients come to us and saying, hey, we're ready to expand into Facebook, we know exactly who to call and get those referrals out there. Yeah, and it's nice to have you as a referral source for, you know, my clients because we can get to a certain point with all the organic stuff that we do, you know, business development-wise, and then to have you guys step in and go, okay, now we're ready for the paid stuff, you know, and it just bumps it up so much faster and quicker uh, with that. So I appreciate you. Welcome to the show. Thank you for being on. Thank you. Kalani Fo, welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Tell us a little bit about you and your business. Again, my name is Kalani Fo. I am a business development manager for Bitwise Industries, and we focus on creating tech ecosystems in underserved cities across America. And we really do that through education and then paid apprenticeships. Uh, what we found is over the years, um, the industry has been dominated by individuals that live and work in Silicon Valley. 
but there are hardworking, intelligent people all across the United States that want to get into tech and just haven't been able to do so. So what we do is we give them a solid pair of boots so they can kick that door down. And um, like I said, we do that through education, whether it be in-house or online. And then we provide them opportunities through paid apprenticeships within the buildings that we have throughout the United States. And they work directly with our uh, senior developers to really cut their teeth and grow so they can begin providing for their family. Uh, the really cool part, uh, one of my favorite statistics that go along with that is 97% of the students that we have trained uh, are still working in tech. They may not have had any formal education prior to that, but now on average, their salary is ranging between sixty and eighty thousand wow. dollars a year. Super cool, right? My whole body has yeah. chills. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's brilliant. And where I work is in the tech services side of the business, and it's also a passion of mine because I go to work every day knowing that I'm finding these uh, real-world custom applications that need to be built that I can then go and bring to our senior people and the apprentices so they can go and begin learning, developing, and working on these projects together. What so a it, cool, a whole full circle, right? You're helping literally every part of the community from the people who come, who need something and need a job to the people who, you know, are the owners that need mm -hmm. web development and the undertone of the why and the, and the building of the community is yeah. such a huge. Exactly. And that's what pat on your back should be. A big Thank pat you. On your back. And that's what I love about Phoenix as well is even though we're not one of those underserved cities, there are a lot of people here that are looking for work and a lot of hardworking people that want to get into tech. And being here in Phoenix and really becoming a part of the community and being a positive representation of what Bitwise does, it's so fulfilling and constantly looking for referral sources, much like yourself. So that I, then when I pair with these companies, we can then say, okay, we may not do Google AdWords, but I know someone brilliant that does. And it really just intertwines the community that much more. It's yeah. super cool. And and I love what you said. Tell us the growth that, you, that Bitwise has had oh, since you've been on. So since I've been here, I think I was employee number 142, the only employee in Arizona. I was the actual first person when they started expanding eastward. Now we have over 1,000, and that ranges across the United States. And a big part of that is the relationships that we build with the people, but also on the government side as well. We're actually a nationally accredited uh, apprenticeship program. And so we, uh, the government has trust in us knowing that the people that we bring in train and then hire as paid apprentices. That's one of the greatest parts is during that apprenticeship program, they're actually hired as Bitwise employees, getting paid a great salary and benefits throughout that entire period. And then they can uh, continue working with us or leave the nest and continue working somewhere else. And so it's, it's a huge growth plan. And it's something that our three CEOs are extremely passionate about and have taken all across the U.S. We're as far east as Buffalo, New York, and um, working on Pittsburgh now. And so it's it's a beautiful project and something I'm very passionate about. Yeah, I can Incredible. see it. I can hear it. It's so cool. <laughs> That's why I'm so excited to have you on the show. It's really, really cool to see larger corporations, right? I've always been an entrepreneur my entire adult life. And, you know, you hear all the stories about the negative of 
corporations or bigger bigger companies, right? Yeah. They, everybody that comes on the show will tell I me a little bit different, right? Talk yeah. about yeah, talk about a lot of that. <laughs> it's really nice to see a company who's mid-sized to growing to large and scaling so fast like that that actually is doing something for the community and and giving back and talking about full circle and you know the whole social impact. I mean, you guys are doing all that all all uh, within the company, which is huge. Yeah. I mean, one of our main missions is to create diversity and inclusion in tech. And we do that through the cities that we focus on, the people that we hire, but then also other things as well, like with our smart websites. One of the main things that we focus on is making sure that everything that we build is ADA accessible. So we don't want to exclude anyone with anything that's, that we build. That's right up my alley. So very, very important. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Uh, well, and my third and, and yeah. not final guest yeah. is Jeff Topple. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Kelly. Tell us I'm about excited. you and your business. Obviously, you could tell which is the lawyer in the room by, by choice of dress. <laughs> rather be like these guys. So thank you again for having me. So my name is Jeff Topple. I'm a lawyer with the law firm of Farhang and Medkoff. For 15 years, I represented large employers, so we're going to talk about that distinction, large versus small employers at a national firm that only represented employers. And recently, I moved to a smaller Arizona-based firm. And one of the reasons, like you, is the ability to partner more. When I was at a large firm, I was only able to do employment law, and now I could do all sorts of things. And it's a diverse firm where we have um, all all attorneys who do, you know, corporate and all sorts of things, and we're minority-owned, and that's such an important part of what we do. So diversity and inclusion, even when I was working with the law, uh, the large corporations, that became such a big issue, but it really permeates everything, and it's great what you guys are doing. Yeah, that's really cool. Okay, so locally owned, one locally, of my favorite yeah. things, right? Yeah. <laughs> Entrepreneurship, locally yeah, owned. Tell us, about the, tell us about the practice. So, again, a lot of the attorneys, almost all of them came from large law firms in Phoenix and Arizona, mostly Tucson, I should say. Our base is in Tucson. We were founded there. We got about 10 attorneys down there who do a wide variety of things from corporate to labor and employment. A lot of us are labor and employment. That's my focus. And, again, representing mostly employers. And what I love to do, like you guys, is keep people out of trouble. Um, I hate when litigation, as we'll probably touch on, Nobody wins in litigation, as everybody sitting here probably has dealt with at some point in their life. So I really like to do the preventative and compliance piece of it and help employers stay out of trouble. Yeah. They don't like seeing me when they're in trouble. Prevention makes everything better, right? (laughs) If we can do it ahead of time, Kalani and you both touched on it. Let's figure out how to help the communities way before, right? They absolutely. Let's make it so someday we don't have to say underserved communities because everybody has access to that, right? Luckily, with the pandemic, you started a business, Cameron. It's like, wait, everybody goes online? Sweet. What can I do online at home and still make money, you right. know? And so with technology and with um, all of us pushing the, you know, to do stuff ahead of time, hopefully our lives will, will be better. Yeah. Well, that's exciting. All right. So we're going to, so entrepreneurship community, you guys are starting to hear some of the topics that we're all very passionate about. And we are human beings. So, uh, you know, our whole world is not just work. So uh, tell us a little bit about your backstory, Cameron. I know the backstory, but it's cool to hear the backstory of where you came from and, and what 
led you to jumping off the cliff cliff into entrepreneurship. Oh my goodness. <laughs> we're we're gonna go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> I was prepared to be a corporate cog my whole life. Uh, my dad was a corporate cog, my grandpa was a corporate cog, and I was I was set and ready to go down that same path. Got my degree in computer science, went to ASU, was born and raised here in Arizona. Never wanted to be an entrepreneur, never wanted to start a business. When I got married, my wife, her dad, my father-in-law, he had his own business. And he just looked at it and just like, nope, that's not for me. That's too much, too much hard work <laughs> dealing with things that don't look like they're fun to deal with. Then COVID hit. And that kind of changed things. Now I'm in, I'm in tech. And so for me, it was no, no difference whatsoever in what I needed to do for work. They just told me to take my laptop, laptop home and we'll see how this plays out. So no impact on my job whatsoever. Is very fortunate in that in that regard. But it turns out that when you don't have water cooler talk, when you don't get pulled into um, twenty useless meetings a day, um, <laughs> it turns out you can finish your your work each day pretty quickly. And so I found myself wrapping up work fairly early in the day, but you still need to stay by the computer and there's only so much Netflix that you can consume. <laughs> so I got bored and I decided to to look into this business idea. Um, now, using using my skill set, using my background, I started to build websites for people that I knew. Saw a little bit of success with that, had a little bit of fun with that. And then my uh, business partner, he reached out to me and he's the one that was just like, hey, we should, we should partner up. And he's a systems engineer. He's really good at figuring stuff out and solving people's problems. And I'm, I'm kind of like the, I'm kind of like the hammer. You just point, point, point me to a nail. I'll destroy that. <laughs> I'll destroy that nail. And that was, that was kind of the, the start of it all for us. And this, this journey into entrepreneurship, I know that I'm, I'm very, very new to it, has been one of the most fulfilling experiences of my life and very much have a life that's full of, of sig significant moments. But this one has been a total game changer for me in helping me to realize that there is so much more out there, that there are more opportunities than most of us even thought think is possible. While there's those those heights that we can reach for, the thing that really is kind of cool for me is just that opportunity of helping other people. I found that that is one of those aspects of owning a business and running a business that was very surprising to me because, you know, honestly, it was just like got into it for the money and thought about the money. But money doesn't really, like it comes and it's great and all. And there's there's something to be said for those that, that are able to accumulate large wealth through what they do. But it's become more of, I guess I ascribe to that idea that the market pays me what I am worth. And what I am worth is how, how useful I am to the people that I am serving. And so my journey into entrepreneurship has become a journey into personal excellence. I find that by my trying to be my best version of myself, in providing the best service that I can for the people that are entrusting me with their businesses. I want to be able to look at them in the eye and say, I am doing absolutely everything that I can uh, to help your business and help you to help you be successful and to have that spread into every area of my life. And that's kind of been the really cool journey for me in discovery with entrepreneurship. I never would have ex expected um, this kind of shift from just starting a business just to earn a few more extra bucks to where I am now, which is just every day trying to 
be the best version of myself because that best version of myself is going to be able to best serve the community. Super cool, right? For, Talk about professional development and personal development all coming into one thing, right? Right. First, I love that this is a it's a, like a great COVID story. This is one of the positive ones coming out of COVID, and that you use that time. Do you have employees? We have we have our first employee. Well, because they're going to be lucky if you that same philosophy. If you apply that to how you employ employees, yeah. uh, it's that's that's not enough employers do that. So to recognize that and use that throughout your business, I think is going to be important. It's going to be really huge. And talk about how cool is it as an entrepreneur, you'll find you have four girls for you. The cool thing about being an entrepreneur is that you get to keep using all the lessons you're learning to also parent and to teach them entrepreneurship. And even if they don't become an entrepreneur, just the entrepreneurial ways of the work ethic. My little girl's been helping us since she was three, you know, (laughs) my son too, right? Because I've always been an entrepreneur. So their whole life's like, whatever you can do at your age, put stickers on something or whatever it is. And just that it's so cool. So you're like, you're building yourself, you're building your business. And oh, by the way, your kids are having what a really cool effect, uh, you know, outcome. Just a story really quick. So I was working a day job up until fairly recently. It was the same, same employer that told me to take my laptop home and work from home. Great job, great people there. And I loved it. But I had to I had that little bit of guilt because I was doing the side hustle and side hustle was taking more and more time and eventually got to that point where I was having that conversation in my own head of, you know, am I being totally honest? Am I being honest in my dealings with my employer? The answer to that was no, I was not. And so I had to, to look really hard inside myself and be like, okay, there, I've got two options here then. It's either I can go all in on this business or I need to stop so that I can be true to, to myself, my integrity. And I decided to quit the day job and go full in on my business. And I had to have that conversation with my family because that was a, a significant source of our income that I was axing. And I sat down with my family and I was looking at my daughters, talking to them, explaining them how things are going to gonna be going for them. I'm like, sorry, we got to cancel the Disney Plus subscription. Sorry, it's just, it's got to go. <laughs> And they were asking why. It was a difficult thing, but I told them. I was just like, Daddy was being dishonest. And Daddy decided to change. Daddy decided to do the right thing. And that meant that means that I've got to quit this job and I've got to go on all on this. And that was that was just a powerful teaching moment for my for my girls, from for my kids. It's really exciting. <laughs> I, I had a similar transition when I moved from a larger firm, national firm, to a smaller firm and where I had had similar discussions with my sons. And it's, it is a learning uh, pr- thing for them, I think, and really important. And being a labor and employment attorney, what I will tell you is, unfortunately, there are people who don't have the self-awareness and integrity that you had to recognize at some point, you know, it becomes an interference. And not a conflict, but an interference, it sounds like. And and we see often, and particularly during the pandemic, there were a lot of stories of people doing multiple things. So, and for you, it seems like it was a life-changing event and that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. The thing I respect about that anecdote was 
the personal development that you had focused on during that time. Uh, what we see a lot with entrepreneurs is they become so laser focused on starting their business and growing their business that a lot of things fall by the wayside. They don't get that family time. They don't get to sit and think, okay, how can I become a better person along with becoming a better business person? And you really focus on that. And I respect you for that. Well, thank That's you. huge. Absolutely. Until you have your kids say to you, <laughs> hold you accountable for everything you're teaching them, back to them, yes. you know, back to you. They're quoting back to you. Well, you said, like, inclusive. You know, we would always tell the kids, like, we're, we're inclusive. We'd be inclusive. We're inclusive. And then my son and, and husband were playing basketball, and my daughter's over here. And she's like, I want to play. I want to play. And, like, let them play. It's fine. I thought this was an oh, inclusive family. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're like, okay. Right? So now, now every time you say something about honesty or design, you know, you're like, well, you said yes, you were going to yes. be honest. They're going to hold you to every we second. All, yes, I get a lot of that. <laughs> right? Plenty of that. <laughs> the real question is, now that your business is taking off, have you re-signed up for Disney Plus? <laughs> you know? You know? <laughs> or did you need it in the first place? I guess it's the other. You know, we actually That's have the a... new barometer of success. <laughs> yeah. We were, we were one of those where we connect, we collected those DVDs. So we've got a huge stockpile of DVDs that you know, we're able to use. And that's great. You know, one less streaming service. But eventually we will be getting Disney Plus back. Just not yet. Kind of enjoying the, kind of enjoying the, the you know, we're, we're, we're doing other things. Yes. Instead. We're playing board games. We're playing card games. We're getting outside and, and I, doing I stuff like that. I see a GoFundMe already being established. Wow. <laughs> oh. <That's laughs> Kids will show their own entrepreneurship. That's it's, right. it's, honestly, yeah. they have yeah. too. I've got, I've got them collecting eggs, making salsa, selling those things. It's oh, fantastic. Awesome. Yeah, that's good. All right, Connie, you're up. Tell us the backstory. Give us the, give us the journey. Oh, man. Uh, so I started out in healthcare. Uh, my degree is actually in nursing. Wow. Uh, I did that through the military. Did that for a while in Florida. Had an amazing job that I loved a lot. It was living the life. But some things happened that really affected me and uh, decided to make a change. And so what I did, I sat down and whiteboarded the skill set that I had that really made me successful in healthcare and figured out what I could transition over to another career. And what I found is uh, nursing is much like sales in the way that you're teaching. You know, you're transferring information, you're helping people. And so I really leaned on that and then began to really learn more about sales and, you know, get these terrible jobs as we all do for our first job. And, um, and just really refining my practice. Before I got this job at Bitwise, I was uh, working in sales enablement. So I was going and teaching groups of individuals on how to become more effective salespeople. And then got a LinkedIn message one day from uh, a woman by the name of Irma Olguin Jr. And who was the CEO of Bitwise. And I thought, mm, this is strange. This seems spammy. And she's like, I'm very interested, blah, blah, blah. We're expanding eastward. Want to fly out to Fresno and do all these things. And I spent some time in Fresno. So, or excuse me, not Fresno, but the Bay Area. So I knew Fresno wasn't, wasn't a vacation destination. <laughs> let's say that. But went out there and just saw the impact that they're having on the community by the way of repurposing old buildings, building them up in the bitwise fashion, and all the impacts that they're having on the community just within that one particular area. And it was beautiful. I mean, you can feel the energy in Fresno because of what Bitwise has accomplished. And from then on, I was like, sign me up. This is great. What do you need me to do? And so I really focused on becoming 
a really positive example of what Bitwise stands for here in the Phoenix community. You know, I've never approached it as I wanted people to see, okay, here comes Kalani, the sales guy. It's here comes Kalani. He's the one that you need to talk to if you need to speak with someone about fill in the blank. And I've really learned a lot from a friend of mine, and I consider him a mentor. I know you know him, Andrew Kolikoff. The way that he approaches networking and wanting to help people by being a servant first, I really learned a lot from him, and I really take that approach to everything in my life. I feel like I can't ask someone for anything unless I've done something for them first. Mm -hmm. And that's in personal, but also in business as well. So when I do meet people like yourself, I think, okay, how can I introduce my customers to you so that we can begin helping each other with the common goal of helping this person grow their business? And I do it through software development. You know, you do it through litigation. Yeah. Or not. Prevention. Prevention. And it's been a beautiful experience, and I, I'm really looking forward to continuing my career there and really growing out um, the Southwest market and helping them, you know, continue building across the United States and hopefully further out as well because uh, right now all of our um, employees are onshore and – we hope to maybe cross the border and help out a lot as well by increasing our stance in Las Cruces and El Paso, Texas, really helping a lot of people that are wanting to come over to the United States and, you know, experience the American dream, help them do that through tech. Right. Really, really cool. Yeah. yeah. What a what a cool backing to have, right, to, to align so perfectly, uh, a company that aligns so perfectly with your personal mission, you know, a big company that's that's backing you to do all of that. I mean, Incredible. that's huge. Absolutely. And be so fully supportive as well because much like yourself, you know, during COVID, you find that time to, okay, how can I grow? How can I make this time productive? And, you know, of course, you you work your butt off. But at the same time, you have all this extra time to do other things as well. So you figure out, okay, I don't want to watch Netflix. What else can I do? You know, and so the company's been fully supportive of, you know, I remember during COVID, I went and spent, I moved to Barbados for three months. Oh, my God. I worked, you know, worked my tail off. But at the same time, when I wasn't working, I was on the beach surfing. And they're like, you know what? Company shut down. You're fully remote. Go for it. And awesome. Yeah. Right. Awesome. Talk about culture. Yeah. And I mean, oh, and having that, yeah. that um, employees that they For can sure. do as long as you do your work. That's how I am. I'm like, yeah. I tell my team, I'm like, I don't care when it gets done Absolutely. as long as it gets done. And I want you to be happy with what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So if you don't like what you're doing, tell me, let's move, you know, or we'll outsource it. Who cares? Yeah. You know, as long as you're doing what you like doing and you're continuing to be fully aligned with what you're doing. Absolutely. No, that's a fantastic, you know, when you think about the the generation that's entering the workforce now and you talk to them, that's what they're looking for. They're looking for a company, a business that it means something, that it it makes a difference. And it's not necessarily about the money. It's about the impact. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that's phenomenal that you, you've been able to, to find that in Bitwise and what Bitwise is doing because that, you know, talk about impact and helping communities, helping people grow. That's, that's awesome. I agree. Uh, And, you know, you mentioned it, a lot of these individuals, they became, you know, digital nomads. We've all heard that Mm -hmm. term because a lot of people didn't want to be that cog in the wheel. They wanted the freedom, but also be able to make an impact from Mexico, from Portugal, wherever it is they wanted to go. And so a lot of these individuals are out there just floating around, either becoming entrepreneurs or finding companies much like Bitwise that say, yes, do your job, love doing it, 
but also love your life as well. Wow. It's Talk awesome. about yeah. it. It creates a lot of employment issues from the... <laughs> <laughs> did, did I create I a good it. segue for I you? <laughs> but yes. All right. You're and up, Jeff. So, tell us the So tell two us the great backstory. COVID stories. I love it so far. So yeah. mine was not as great, I would say. So COVID for an employment attorney uh, was very challenging because... Employers were asking a lot. There'd never been a period of uncertainty for employers like that period. So it was a very exhausting period. I was at a national law firm where we represented employers all over the country. And a lot of my colleagues were in New York and New York City and to hear their experience during COVID. But they would just work and work and work. And it was so there was a lot of work. And I ultimately at the end of COVID um, decided I think it's over, uh, is my understanding, um, that uh, I was going to move to a smaller firm where I could really partner up, like you guys are saying, with clients. I was only able to do the employment work, and I really wanted to partner up with clients to do other things and work with smaller local clients as well. So, How did you get into law in the first place? Oh, jeez. <laughs> uh, it's somewhat of a form. I wanted to be in the Foreign Service. But they only offered the test once a year and senior year it was offered. I uh, was living in the Midwest at the time and I missed the test. So I didn't take it that year. So you became a lawyer. Exactly. (laughs) I always, at least tell my kids, had I done that, I think I could have avoided the the crisis in Ukraine because I would have been an ambassador at this point, but probably not. So I became a lawyer as a result of that. (laughs) Not nearly as cool or as fun, but... But having an impact still yeah, and choosing yeah. like that, you know, going through COVID and seeing your counterparts work their tails off, have to be stuck inside oh my God, and yeah. not go anywhere. We were so fortunate to be where we were. I mean, the, the reality of when you think of, I mean, that first month of COVID, uh, March in Arizona, it, we were very fortunate to be here because, you know, colleagues out in the, they couldn't leave their homes. I mean, they were stuck in these big cities, so... Mm-hmm. That experience was sort of telling. And and you figured out through that that, hey, I want to go to a smaller firm. I yeah, want to come absolutely. local. I want to make a bigger impact. And now you're also doing stuff with GCU. Tell us about that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm just uh, teaching there. And it's fun t- uh, teaching business law to undergrads who don't want to go to law school, which is an <laughs> interesting take. But really giving them an overview of the law. And it's fascinating to work with young people. A lot of the things that you guys talk about um, is, is th- this younger generation and what they have experienced and how they want to sort of change things. And it's in the school of business. So I get a lot of kids who are really into entrepreneurship and and sort of explaining to them the role that law will ultimately play better or worse and keeping them out of jail is really my ultimate goal. <laughs> very basic. Uh, very basic. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. I actually did. Law, I took a law class in college and I actually really liked yeah. it. Um, so it's, yeah. I think it's good to have everybody have some exposure to it. Yes. So you know that there yes. are things. And in day one, I explained to them it is not law and order. Okay. <laughs> what about legally blonde? Yeah, probably closer, <laughs> somewhere in between the two of those. We, we get the actual law. Yeah. He says that, then his phone rings and his ringtone is bumbling. Exactly. <laughs> that would be really cool. You know, your the, kids and, would think you were cool. Oh, they would for, for, for the first time. Um, <laughs> but in class, I actually show clips of like um, people's court to th- again explain to them what the law is not. If you remember, like Judge Wapner and all those various judges. So I 
want to give them a sense of what the law is not and and what it is somewhere in between the two. Yeah. So, so what are some of the? I guess you move to a smaller firm. Yeah. What do you typically see? Like, what is the what is the common most from common an employment thing? standpoint? Yeah. Um, a lot of it is claims. You know, this term hostile work environment is a term that a lot of employees use. So it's not unlawful to be a bad employer. I don't recommend it. And that's why I like to do the preventative stuff, because if you are a bad employer, you're going to lose employees, but you are also at risk of getting claims. So, you know, discrimination or harassment, or you're just a bad employer and we don't like you. And, and, you know, we're going to, we, we don't think you've treated us well. So, you know, it's all about really, I, what I like to do with clients is really focus on how to maintain a positive work environment. So you could not only avoid claims, but avoid turnover. Is that like number one in the preve- preventative, preventative? Yes, law? absolutely. Absolutely. And have you seen a decrease in that with COVID with people working from home? You and know, not really... the claims have just changed, of mm-hmm. course, um, and created a whole lot of other compliance related issues because now, and we didn't think of this, but once COVID happened, everybody went home. And for those that could work from home, I had a lot of clients who do hands on stuff. So you can't, uh, you cannot work from home, but those who do, they said like you, you go work wherever of course, then you're subject to employment laws all over the country or in your example, the world potentially. Mm-hmm. So it creates like wage and hour and other types of challenges. So uh, the shifts, fo- the, the the types of claims sort of uh, shift a little bit. But there's still, there's still a lot out there. There's always a lot out there. <laughs> but, uh, you know, in, and is the economy sort of plateaus a little bit and we see these layoffs, there's usually a lag in terms of when those layoffs occurred and then we see claims. And so some of the prevention, give us a few, if you're a yes. business owner and you want to make sure yes. that you're not gonna have any claims for labor and employment, give us a few At, tips. Train, I'm all about training. That's my, what I like to do, that's my passion is train supervisors as to what the law is. Most supervisors really don't know the law because it's complicated. And there's certain areas of the law that apply to all employers here in Arizona that a lot of people have no no idea about, and they create some real challenges for employers, and they don't think about them until they get a claim. Um, so I'm trained, trained supervisors, and have good policies, but not too many policies because policies in themselves could create problems. So finding that balance, really. And you're good at coming into the organizations. You love prevention. So yes. coming into the organizations and helping them yes. train, helping them understand Absolutely. the law. I like doing that rather than coming in and having to Helps you defend a claim. Absolutely. I see maybe a business idea growing. Oh, there it is. Entrepreneurship. Yes. The other thing Come. is like, you know, doing it. And one of the reasons a lot of employers don't like to spend that preventative because they don't want to spend the money. So trying to do it, I try to work with clients to do it on a cost efficient, you know, flat fee. That's really where the law should be going rather than the hourly uh, model that has been the traditional doing but the prevention fee. is always less expensive of course, than, of than fixing the errors. Yeah, That's in any more. of our businesses, right? In mm-hmm. anything yeah. we've ever done. And people, when we think of that and defending a claim, we think of the the, the money, the the cost of a lawyer, and you know the potential risk. But it's really the time, the amount of time that you have to spend with somebody like me. Who would want to do that? Like to defend <laughs> a claim. It takes you away from doing positive things that you want to do with your organization. So, well, I right. think you're absolutely lovely. Oh, 
agree. We would want to hang out with you. You wouldn't if you were getting deposed. If we're under litigation, no. But right now, the same team, you want like safe environment. This is great. Well, I see what you're saying as well is, you know, with the prevention side of things, it's more of an opportunity to build a stronger relationship with your clients because they see that you care enough to let them know, okay, this is what I see happening and this is what we can train up in order to prevent this instead of you coming in with some paperwork saying, okay, we're going to court, pay me a ton of money. And you get to learn the organization a little more because, I mean, any organization, industry-wise, training has to be tailored. And it has to be somewhat entertaining. Let's cut to the chase. I mean, you're asking your supervisors to learn something that's not that fun or exciting, harassment, discrimination, and employment law. You don't want to sit (laughs) for that. So you want to make it fun and interactive, and that's another piece of it. But, yeah, you want to sort of encourage people to to really engage early so you don't have to spend the, the more both financial and time cost on the road. Talk about the same with software and websites yeah. and yeah. and marketing and everything, right? Like, here's the process. And if you just stuck with the, you know, did this ahead of time, you wouldn't have so, I'm sure you saw the crazy when you were doing website oh, yeah. development. Very much so. <laughs> Fixing all of it, right? Instead of just doing it right the first time. Right. <laughs> it's, it's some people don't quite understand that square peg in a round hole. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so. That's right. Okay, uh, Cameron, tell us about tips people know Google ads. They, I mean, everybody knows with that term, but as a business owner, when is it time? When is it okay? You know, what, what should we have done before to then do the Google ads? So you've heard the term, you know, B2C, B2B um, businesses typically find that with Google ads and, and kind of going something that you touched on very briefly, Jeff, was the idea of because you're really good at what you do, you're able to give that good advice, and that helps helps your clients trust you a little bit. Tr- you know, I hope I can more. say that about myself. <laughs> <laughs> it was implied. <laughs> With Google Ads, we're trying to become that expert. And so being able to uh, meet with uh, business owners and ask them questions about their business and getting to understand their business helps us determine what works best for their bits, for their marketing strategy. Um, so for instance, business, business, B2B marketing, Google ads might not be your best option. Google is really great at capturing search queries. That is what they're, they're king of. But if you want to drill into the demographics of who is searching what, maybe not so great. That's where you might want to dig into something like Facebook ads. Um, but B2C, you know, Google is fantastic for those kinds of things. So if you're, if your customer base, um, it's just the open market you should really strongly consider running Google ads and not even not necessarily just for e-commerce for service-based businesses. Um, they do just really, really well. We do have clients that are in law yeah, and you know, they do do remarkably well just because people are, you know, you have a problem, something happens. What's the first thing you do? Google you it. Google it. <laughs> and I'm not one to click on a Google ad, but that's actually, I'm a very small percentage because there's a large number of people that do click on those those Google ads. And we found that by crafting these Google ads to do one thing and do one thing really, really well. Because if I Google that I, you know, I got rear-ended and I need a lawyer to to help me with this, and I Google it, I need a I need an accident attorney or something, and I cl- see this first ad and I click on it, and I'm taken to a full-blown website, and I can't find on this website or on this ad where I can actually reach out to or contact yeah. this law firm, 
I'm going to back out. I'm going to go somewhere else. So having a targeted Google Ads campaign where you are offering one thing, one service, one product, whatever it is, one, and that ad takes them to a dedicated landing page where right there front and center, it tells the person who's clicked on your ad how to get a hold of you. If they need a little bit more information, you have that, that information that's present as to why they should go with your service and you make it really, really easy. So that's kind of the, the best setup that we've found is being able to, to help B2C businesses and directing them on getting those set up. As far as what they need to do to get things going, why not try it? Give it a shot. That's a great bit of information for the listeners because uh, I see a lot of people when they want to start advertising, they initially just think Google no matter what. And then they'll think Facebook as well. And they just end up dumping a ton of money into both and other avenues as well. And then think to themselves, it's not working. I'm spending a bunch of money and I'm not getting any results when really they're just spinning their wheels and they can go to someone like you that says, no, we need to focus on what's actually going to work based on your business. That's where you can put the money, see the results, and then begin building a client base based on that. Right. And it's, it's also important to flesh out, you know, what is their ideal client? Who, who do they want to call? Uh, do I really want 100 of this particular client that was a headache or do I want 100 of just that ideal, perfect client that checked all the boxes. And you help them figure that out. And we can help them figure that out as well. And so now you have these businesses that are, you know, they're running their marketing campaigns and they're getting calls from their ideal clients and it's converting. They're throwing in X number of dollars and they're getting XX number of dollars back. And it's a beautiful thing for them. It's a cool thing to show the ROI so fast and so quick, right? Not as easy with all the organic stuff that we no. do, but it's but if you set it up right, right, and you and you talk to them about where is your business going, that's what I really like about you, Cameron. A lot of Google ad companies, a lot of SEO companies, they don't think of that. They don't think of how can we help you as a whole? Where are you going? Where do you want to go? Who's your ideal client? How can we get you more leads? And then let's build the systems to do it right. We're we're the same way. Like we work. We added consulting, marketing, and project management all into one company so that we can say, how do you want to, where do you want to go? What, you know, as a human, as a business owner, uh, you know, where are you going? Who's your client? Well, let's figure out who that is. Okay, let's do, let's get it all set up. Let us let, you know, your storefronts ready. Now, now you do Google paid ads. Now it's time to turn on that funnel because we've got it all set it up and it's all pretty and we know where you're going. And you want to really, you want to pair that. You want to pair the PPC and pay-per-click with a long-term strategy. And that's where SEO comes, becomes a factor is making sure that you can be found on a normal Google search, not necessarily through ads. Pay-per-click and Google ads, Facebook ads, that's, that's quick. That's really, really fast. And you can get those spun up and you can start getting conversions within a week. But there's only so much that can only take you so far because it's it's ultimately a race to the bottom as the cost per click goes up and the cost per conversion goes up. But organic search and SEO, there's no limit on that. Um, so really working with with these um, with these businesses and helping them come up with a quick, quick solution to get get the ball rolling, but then working on a long-term strategy for, you know, that long-term game plan. It really is, um, it's phenomenal what you can do with this, these online marketing tools. 
It's really cool. Really cool. All right. So Bitwise as a whole mm-hmm. um, does web software development. Tell us who, you know, give us some insight. Again, I represent the tech services side. And in that we do custom software development in the form of, you know, mobile applications. We do smart websites. Uh, we also do call center as a service, which is uh one of the things that we funnel some of our apprentices into, and then uh, Salesforce implementation and administration as well, which is new to us. Uh, We're a Salesforce partner and have found that a lot of businesses, especially now with COVID, they need a reliable CRM. Uh, And so we do a lot of that as well. And so it's, um, it's been fun. It's been a lot of learning on my end. Uh, typically from the start, I've just been going in and finding these really cool companies to work with that want to build out a smart website. Uh, but now it's becoming more of a challenge to learn more, which is fun because like you said earlier, you know, you have a lot of personal development or professional development and you need that within your daily life as a professional and an individual as well. Worked on some really cool projects with some really fun entrepreneurs here in Phoenix. You know, don't want to say any names just in case they don't want to be called out, but, you know, projects that have been featured on a Shark Tank, but then also some smaller ones that are really focused on driving change. Um, you know, one of the projects I'm working on now is creating a, a math toolkit. What this brilliant woman has found is that in the black and brown population, especially with children, their math skills really drop off a cliff and no one is really there to help educate them to get that back up. So she's found and developed a toolkit that really aims to focus, or excuse me, aims to help these individuals really raise their bar and their level of knowledge as well. And it's a really, really cool project that we're working on. She's a brilliant woman. Her kids, one of them is a, an astrophysicist and the other is, it's nuts. It it is nuts. And that's just one of the cool things about working with, you know, I'm not an entrepreneur, but working with entrepreneurs because you get to hear their story and then also become a part of their story as well. And you know, the impact and the change that they're wanting to make on their communities. And then by you working with them so closely, you in turn are making impact on the community as well. And that's one of the most fulfilling parts of what I do within Bitwise outside of the going and finding software development projects, which is incredible and a lot of fun because, like I said earlier, that gives our apprentices the opportunities to say, okay, I worked on this project. You know, they see it on Shark Tank and they're like, oh my gosh, like they got their families in front of the television saying, daddy built that, yeah. mommy worked on that. And so it's it's very, very cool. So how old are the apprentices? And the, what age, is it, are they, oh, oh these are? man. Wide range, wide range, wide range. Um, you know, it's somewhere coming right out of high school, but some are saying, you know, uh, one of the ones that I met recently, third generation landscaper, pushed a lawnmower around and was like, I'm done with this. Yeah. I want to get out of here. So went through our apprenticeship program. You know, it starts out with 36 hours of uh, self-assessed uh, learning. And then we do the pre-apprenticeship, which is 84 hours, and that's where they really begin the learning the specific trade. And then after that, six to 12 months during that paid apprenticeship where they get paid in the benefits. And then after that, they either stay on Bitwise or work within uh, one of the many um, local companies that we have housed in our buildings. Or they venture off and say, hey, I'm going to go try to work for you know Amazon or Google or something. Awesome. Wow. So really cool. cool. Okay. How does somebody get involved to, to know about the apprenticeship or if they 
are thinking about jumping ship, what they're doing, and want to get into web uh, development? You can visit our website. It's uh, Bitwise. It's B-I-T-W-I-S-E, industries.com. And there's tons of information about our mission and story and also the apprenticeship program, which is it's, it's my favorite part of the business, if you can't tell. Of awesome. course. Awesome. Well, how could it not be, right? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so fun. And also just meeting with the people and, and hearing the stories. You know, I'm sure you have as well, you know, being an entrepreneur, just sitting here listening to your story. It, it's brilliant. And a lot of people, they say, you know, they work. And much like yourself, you said you're working in the corporate field and saw an opportunity and wanted to go and try something new. And it it takes a lot of commitment, especially when you have a family and four kids to say, I'm going to leave. I'm going to quit this. We're canceling Disney Plus because daddy's got to try something Probably new. Probably the hardest part. Yeah. If I had yeah. Know, there were some tears. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it's tough to say bye to Winnie the Pooh. Yeah. But, you know, you, when you want to do something like that, it takes a lot of commitment. And I commend you for that, along with Absolutely. all of our other princesses as well, because it's it's tough to make a change like that, especially later on in life and you have a family and people that rely upon you to put food on the table. And it's it's a brilliant, brilliant thing to be a part of. So is there an application process for these apprentices? Is that how you get in the program? There is. There is. If I may speak to your apprentices, it is a difficult journey, but man, it is fulfilling. And I know, Kelly, you've been an entrepreneur your adult, years, your, your yeah. whole adult <laughs> life. And, just, and so I know that you can speak to this. I've just been doing this for two and a half years. And it is incredible. It's an incredible journey. It is challenging. It is difficult. But those challenges are what help you grow. They help you become better. You might not have the skills to to perform or to do certain things. You have to go out and you have to learn it. That builds that resilience. It builds that fortitude. It builds that, that problem solving. And it's like a muscle. And as you exercise that muscle, it just gets stronger and stronger and you get better and better at it. And you're able to make a deeper and more long, longer lasting impact. And, you know, the fact that Bitwise is offering you know, that, that level of education and training, paid apprenticeship too, that's phenomenal um, for these individuals and to be able to help these communities that, that is truly inspiring. Yeah. And I imagine the stories that are coming out of that are absolutely incredible. It, they are, they are. And, you know, as we all know, especially you being in education as well, like the training aspect of it all, I learned a long time ago from my mentor that any bit of information that you acquire throughout your life, it is your responsibility to pass that on to others. Right. And I'm sure you being in that classroom with those students, although some of them may not want to be there, <laughs> you know, you see lights going yeah, off, you absolutely. know, especially when you show like the, you know, the Judge Judy videos <laughs> and they're like, wait, this isn't real life. And you see things <laughs> going off in their head like, wow, maybe this is something yeah. I want to do. Because even absolutely. though some of them are just going through the motions, I'm sure every semester there's probably five people that you deeply impact. Yeah, say, you know what? You know. I want to go into law now. Yeah. Absolutely. I agree. And, you know, it's fun working with kids cross-generational because to just how technology has changed, that's such a, and, and to have those conversations. And generally, I would not be exposed to, to kids at this age level. And this, and it's just been a great opportunity. And education and what you guys are doing for this group is really incredible. Yeah. The best uh, student is a teacher. Yeah. I'm like sure that. you are yeah. learning a ton. Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> About all sorts of things. Some good, some bad. But, yes. No, the kids are great. The yep. same as entrepreneurship. Yeah. The, the you know. Yeah, you're, the, you're the main benefactor of the education. Yeah. For yeah. sure. All right. So lessons learned along the way, you guys have been on, in uh, the business world, uh, you know, entrepreneurship or not, a long time. 
tell us lessons learned or a favorite quote that you want to share with people? Albert Einstein, strive not to be success, a success, strive to be of value. I love came that. across that one a long time ago, and I, I love that one. That one stuck with me. It's short, so I can memorize it. It's true. You want to be valuable and, and help those people that are around you. I think a great lesson I've learned working with entrepreneurs specifically is it's okay to not know things. You know, much like I'm sure you both have experienced, entrepreneurs, they're, great, they're just brilliant at what it is they do. But what they don't know, they sometimes think, okay, well, I'm great at this, so that'll just bleed over into everything else. And it really takes a strong-willed individual to say, you know what? I don't know these things. I need to go and ask for help. And that's the biggest thing that I've learned is it's okay to ask for help, whether it's professionally or personally. You know, because we live and breathe our work. We don't let it dictate who we are, but we live and breathe what we do. And you take a lot of the lessons that you do learn through your professional life and instill that in yourself. And the biggest lesson I've learned is that it is okay to ask for help, no matter what it is that you're doing as an entrepreneur or as a person. And, you know, it's been difficult for me being the only employee here in Arizona and also being, you know, everything's virtual. And so sometimes it's tough to find that person that you can ask for help, but there are great people around that you can talk to at any moment and get valuable knowledge, experience, and then also just a friendly smile from sometimes as well. The faster you ask for help, the more successful you will be, the faster you'll be successful, for sure. I tell clients every single day, I think I repeat myself a hundred times a day, do what you love and outsource everything else. That's all. Right? I have a client, a very successful client, and she said one of the keys to success for her was always surrounding herself with people smarter than her. Right. Talk about a big, that's a big deal for entrepreneurs to go, wait a second, I know this, right? And I'm going to surround myself with all kinds of people that are way smarter in all these other things. You'll be so much more successful if you just lean into that. Like, Mm -hmm. it's okay. And don't you want to work with people who are able to recognize that? I mean, those are the type of people that I want to work with because we all have specialties. And why try to do what you're, you know, beyond Outside your lane, you know, so work with good people is absolutely is really critical. It's like a, it's like a real life vision board. Yeah. You surround yourself. There are people that are more successful, smarter, cooler. You never know, but yeah. you remain focused on that and think, okay, I can be like that. I want to be like that. I want to achieve that. And you do that with the people that you surround yourself with. Absolutely. It's one of the reasons I started the show. I, you know, it was like, wait, how can I get all these people together to connect and do business with each other? But, oh, by the way, I get to learn from all of you for an hour. Yes. <laughs> hundreds and hundreds yeah. of successful people learning and constantly taking in all of your advice. I love hearing all of it. All right. I'm you're on, up. I'm you're up, Jeff. Um, it really echoes what you've said throughout all of us, but you in particular, Kelly, the importance of community and how that plays into your life personally, professionally, and really being involved in the community, how fulfilling it is. And for me, it was I was working at this national firm and didn't have the opportunity to work and do things in the community. And just having been now been doing that for a year, a lot more than I had been. 
how great it is. And it's so fulfilling, it isn't is. it? To Absolutely. do something besides just your job. Absolutely. Right? I said, I, I said when I grow up, I want to be a philanthropist. So. Yeah, like, <laughs> don't we all? Don't we all? Absolutely. <laughs> I'm a little bit of the philanthropy. Sure. I'm a little bit of I'm it. All, I'm like, I just want to do it all for in my on own. That all one. in, right? <laughs> Thought I was going to win that Powerball, but it didn't quite. I know. Well, that's okay. We can do it. We can do it at a couple hours a day, exactly. right? Can't we? Yes. <laughs> well, okay. I appreciate you all being on. Can you even believe we've been talking for almost an hour? It goes by so fast. Oh, I know. One more. I, I know. One, one more fun. hour. One more hour. Cameron, tell us again the name of the company, website, and how people can get a hold of you. So Workhorse, Cameron Harmon, Workhorse Digital Solutions. We're rebranding right now. So the website is workhorseseo.com. I am not on social, but I'm slowly reintroducing myself. I got off of social a while ago and uh, a few years ago, took a break. And now now I'm starting to kind of inch my way back. I'm going to push you a little bit. I'm going to push you. (laughs) Kelly and Kelly was just like, why aren't you on LinkedIn? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'm getting on LinkedIn. I'm sorry. (laughs) Thank you so much for being on. All right, Kalani, how can we get a hold of you? Uh, Thanks for asking. Uh, Kalani Fo. uh, again, our website is bitwiseindustries.com. You can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, Also, Cameron, when you're ready, I do LinkedIn training at work. And so I'm more than happy to sit down with you and help you build out a a, a great LinkedIn profile. We'll we'll, we'll be in touch. Perfect. Um, You can reach me also on my email. It's kfofo at bitwiseindustries.com. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you for having me, first of all. Awesome to talk with all of you. Uh, So Jeff Topple at Farhang and Medkoff. My email is jtopple, T-O-P-P-E-L, at farhankmedkoff.com. Can you spell that? I should. I should. F-A-R, putting on me the spot, (laughs) F-A-R-H-A-N-G-M-E-D-C-O-F-F.com. Also LinkedIn. You can find me on LinkedIn. It's so nice to have all of you on, and I can tell that all of you are really passionate about helping other people, and you're right up my alley, which is why I asked all of you to be on. You've been listening to Collaborative Connections Radio Show and Podcast, sponsored by KLM. Do what you love and outsource everything else. Until next time, happy connecting. Mm -hmm.